Hello, folks. Welcome once again to another edition of Who's Behind That Voice Volunteer Spotlight. This is Ryan O., your host today. We are excited to have Rachel Sampson with us. You may remember last month we talked to Bob Godding. He left us. He's retired and gone to Milwaukee. Here is his replacement for the Home and Garden Program. Rachel, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for letting me be here. Well, we're excited to have you here, and we're excited to have you take over Home and Garden. We love Bob, but we sure love you as well. You've been with us for a few years. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, tell us about your background. Where are you from, and what brought you to Omaha? Oh, sure. Uh, So I grew up in a little town right by Hastings, Nebraska, called Harvard, Nebraska. Harvard? Uh, Yeah, it was named Harvard because when they did the railroad, they were naming it in alphabetical order. When they got to H, one of the engineers working on the railroad, he went to Harvard. So that's the (laughs) name that they picked. You know, what's what's funny is I'm from Kearney, and I never knew that a town called Harvard existed. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's the joke, right, where you say I graduated high school from Harvard, and that's the joke, is that not Harvard University. Wow. Yeah, little small town Harvard. So, yeah, that's where I uh, grew up most of my uh, childhood, and then I moved to Omaha uh, to go to college, and I've been here mostly ever since. So when you went to college, what did you study? I was a theater major, yeah. I never would have guessed. <laughs> Listening to you read the bookshelf, one would have no idea that theater was your deal. Yeah, so. I, yeah I got a bachelor's in theater. I went out of state uh, briefly so I could get a master's degree in theater. My hope was to teach at the university level. I kind of detoured and ended up um, getting an education degree and being a, a drama teacher for a while, um, among other types of teaching. Uh, and that's kind of where I ended up for a long time. And then... Yeah, that's where I was. (laughs) Tell me about theater. What draws you to it? Oh, gosh, that's a big question. I know we only have 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, that's okay. I think think there's a few things that really draw me to it. I think that one of the things is it's one of our oldest forms of expression. Like, all of the fine arts can be traced back to very primitive periods. But mimicry, which is kind of one of the one of the basic skills of drama and mimicry, like pretending to act like an animal or to imitate another person. That's something that children do, like when they're little tiny toddlers and, and so forth. And I think that the complexity of coming out of something where we're just going to mimic the way something sounds or the way something moves and then creating these huge stories on top of that, these very complex stories that people relate to and can see themselves in. I've always thought that's a really fascinating evolution. And I've always enjoyed, you know, pretending to be someone else. So (laughs) that's the simplest, I guess, answer that I can say. You can tell when you're reading Bookshelf. I know I was kind of teasing earlier, but you can really tell you get into the characters doing voices. I remember when you read Dracula a year or two ago, it was clear that you were having fun doing the different voices. Do you find that love of theater translates into your reading? 100%. I, I actually think that I was always pretty good at English, but I think that I became really proficient at reading and understanding a story because of my drama training. And I definitely, that's part of the reason why I love doing bookshelf so much is it kind of helps me scratch that acting itch if I'm not on a stage. So you did theater in college. Did you graduate with a theater major then? I did. Yep. And I got a graduate degree in Missouri as well. um, Well, Tell me about that. Oh, graduate school was fantastic. I think it really sharpened my brain. Um, You know, anyone who's been in a graduate school or professional program can say, like, you thought you were smart when you walked in. And then you you realized when you got out how much smarter you became. So I really enjoyed the whole process behind that and had a lot of fun and learned a lot. 
So you went to grad school in Missouri, and then it's, you said you came back here. What brought you back to Omaha? My husband. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we had started dating right before I left for graduate school, and we liked each other enough that we wanted to keep you know, pursuing a relationship long distance. And when I came back, I thought it was just natural to kind of pick up where we left off. And so that's why I ended up staying in Omaha was because he wanted to stay. And so we've been here ever since. How long have you been here? I mean, I've been here since I was 18. So When you I, came back from Missouri, do you remember how long you've been here since that point? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I was back by 2011 at least. So, so about 12 years. Yeah, I've been here most of my adult life at this point. I'm 36 now, so I've been here for a while. So what do you do now, Rachel? What, um, I, I mean, I know, you're, I know that you're still kind of involved in theater, but what is your career? Well, I was a teacher for several years, um, and then I transitioned to working for the University of Nebraska Medical Center. I work for the College of Medicine, not Nebraska Medicine. A lot of people don't realize those are two separate things. But uh, I work for the College of Medicine. They train doctors, and I work in one of the student administrative offices there. Wow, that's a far cry from the theater world for sure. Well, actually, not as much as you'd think. You know, a lot of people see the creativity in theater, but they don't see the organization. Of course. You have to be incredibly, any stage person can tell you, you have to be incredibly organized and and really on top of things for a show to run smoothly. And so actually the skill set transferred really well for me. Um, so that's kind of a nice thing uh, about that is that it wasn't really that much of a transition, especially after being a teacher. You know, those three things are very related. You come from a long line of teachers, Rachel, that have come and gone from here, both retired and active. Tell me a little about your life as a teacher before you went to the College of Medicine. Oh, sure. So I taught at a couple of schools. I taught at Fremont High School for the first part of my career, and I subbed for a year, and then I finished up at Omaha North High School. Uh, So I taught for a couple of districts um, in various capacities. So I've taught English, I've taught debate, I've taught drama, I've taught advanced writing classes. So I kind of have a lot of different things on my resume, so to speak, for those. Wow. You were kind of a versatile teacher. You did it all, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of things I could pull from my training that translated to being an effective teacher. So tell me about a typical day working at the College of Medicine. What does what does that look like for you? A lot of spreadsheets and a lot of emails. <laughs> I wish it was more exciting than that, but it's a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of emails. So occasionally, you know, we'll have students come in and ask questions, but usually things are handled digitally. So it's actually very quiet, but there's a lot of work happening under the quiet. Do you have a lot of meetings you have to sit through as well? Thankfully, not too many for me. Um, I do have a few weekly meetings, but otherwise, no, not too many for me, thankfully. Well, you mentioned your husband. Tell me about him. Oh, sure. Uh, So he's... His name is Ross, and we always tell people it's like Ross and Rachel from Friends. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. good. <laughs> Even though both of us hate that show. Like yeah, I do too. Friends. Overrated and so, But it's the way to get people to remember her names. Sure. And so, of course, as people get older, you know, might, that might be less effective. But, uh, but yeah, so he's a software engineer. Um, he's a computer guy. And uh, we met in college, actually. We were both on the college speech team. And I didn't know this until I came to college and met him, but I had actually competed against him in high school. And I recognized him right away. Uh, and I, <laughs> I hadn't liked him very much because when we were at a tournament in high school, we were both in the finals for an event. And he won. And I didn't know this at the time. It was the first time he'd ever won an award. And I had been winning you know, since freshman year. I, had, I won a lot in speech when I was in high school. 
And when he got his medal, he did like this this chest pump, raise your hands to the sky thing. And I thought, I've never met this guy before, but he is the biggest a-hole I've ever met. And I I recognized him as soon as I came in to our college speech team. And I said, hey, did you go to Fairbury High School? And he's like, yeah, I did. He had no idea who I was. But thankfully, you know, he grew on me. I realized he wasn't a, a mean person. I met him. He was a nice guy when I met him. Uh, yeah. Why do I think of radios when I think of him? Did he? He didn't work on radio, did he? So he, I know exactly what you're thinking of. So he was a software engineer at Radio Engineering Incorporated, ah. REI. That was where he used to work. Okay. So that's why you're probably thinking, because yes, they do do radio and other things. He's got a radio voice. He keeps saying he needs to audition for you. Right. So we would love to have him. <laughs> that's what I You'd keep You'd be a wonderful him. reference. Yeah, yeah. But, so uh, how long have you been married? Oh, gosh. I think this is in February, which is when we celebrate our anniversary he, it will be 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Any kids? Yes, we have one. We have a, um, he's going to be three in January, and his name is Quentin. Quentin. Yeah, and he's a really sweet and very active little boy. Yeah, tell me about Quentin. Oh, he's so he's so great. Um, so he's uh, big for his age. He's very sturdy. That's what the, the pediatrician said. He's, he's tall, but he's very sturdy. Right. And he's, um, he's a lot of laughs, and he's got his dad's temper, but otherwise he's very sweet. I'll bet bedtime stories are a lot of fun when mom's reading. Oh, right? yeah. No, he loves to read. When I've, well, and the funny thing is, is I was doing radio talking book the whole time I was pregnant with him, too. So I've been reading to him since before he was born. <laughs> but he loves, he loves sitting down and reading a book. And, yeah. you know, we can get through. Bernstein Bears is one of his favorites right now. And those are like kindergarten, first grade books. But he'll sit there and be so attentive yeah. and so quiet. He loves those books. And we read a lot. That's great. You have any pets? I've got a dog and a cat that are both old and surly. Oh. <laughs> well, we love pets on this show. Give them a yeah. shout out if you oh, want. Yeah, yeah. So I've got my my dog Shepherd. He's a Springer Spaniel Corgi mix. And then I have an old uh, black and white farm cat named Athena who's awesome. very mean and hates me. <laughs> awesome. You know what? Cat, cats are all mean. You just, you got to know how to talk to them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, my sister's got the magic touch. Not me so much. <laughs> good. Good. So when you're not, uh, when you're not working and you're not reading to your little kid or hanging with Ross, what are your hobbies? What flips your switch, uh, in the interest department? Oh gosh. Well, I've been trying to develop a lot more interests as we go. Um, as I get older, I actually want to take on more hobbies, which I didn't think, you know, usually you lose hobbies as you get older, but I've started learning how to play piano, which has been very fun. And I taught myself ukulele this last year. So I've been doing a lot of bad ukulele covers, uh, for my own enjoyment. Um, and I've been really pleased with how that's gone. So, you know, picking up a couple of instruments. I can't wait to have you entertain us next year at the lunch with the ukulele. Oh, yeah, That'd if you be want so to. Fun. Yeah, I know. I have a bunch of pop songs and stuff that I just whip cool. out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a really fun time learning some instruments. And um, I play Dungeons and Dragons with a group of friends. Uh, we've been playing together for, oh, gosh, probably six or seven years at this point. Um, and so that's a, a big hobby for me as well. You know, as I get older, I'm surprised how many adults, I thought of it as a kid's game, but there's a lot of adults into D&D. Oh, it's having quite a renaissance. Yeah, yeah especially been... I bet the pandemic kind of brought that back. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, <laughs> and this is another conversation, but it's interesting how for a long time, you know, people watch sports on TV. And I really think in the last, oh, probably five or six years, there's been a real movement towards playing what they say actual play games where they'll put, you know, actors on YouTube playing D&D. &D, and I think that's really... <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a really there's a really well known. They actually just got an Amazon show uh, called Critical Role, and they have a bunch of famous voice actors from video games. That's and hilarious. Animation and stuff, and I, they play D and D, and it's a huge success. I got to check that out. Oh That's yeah, it's wild. fantastic. You'd love it. It's really good. Yeah, I, I love all like voice actors and such. But and of course, uh, you you mentioned as your audition for the gardening show that you're getting into gardening. Is that is that kind of taken off for you? Yeah, it is. I would actually, my mother would be so confused, but uh, you know, I didn't really care much for gardening as a younger person. But um, I think over the pandemic, you know, my husband had kind of things with gardening. And during the pandemic, I kind of decided to get a little more involved and started reading books about permaculture and stuff like that. And it got me really interested in it. And now we have a pretty extensive garden and, and landscaping around our house and it continues to to grow and swell. So, well, as I mentioned, we miss Bob Godding, but we sure that you were the perfect one to uh, replace him. Your enthusiasm for it is evident whenever you read. It's a pleasure listening to you. What is your favorite part of gardening and what's your least favorite so far? Well, I think everyone's least favorite part of gardening is the weeding. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Everybody, cause it's the least, it's the, it's the worst. Yep. I think the, the best part, honestly, is I think I like thinking about possibilities. You know, like there's a, they call it theater of annihilation in drama where it's, because <laughs> the thing is, is you have infinite choice, right? You have infinite choice on how you want things to be arranged and how you want things to be done. And every time you make a choice, that annihilates a certain number of other choices, right? That's why they call it the theater of the annihilation. Uh So gardening is the same way where you say, well, I could plant this cherry tree here. If I plant this cherry tree here, all of these other possible choices get removed. But these other choices become more likely. So it's kind of a – I like the sense of possibility. It's like chess. It's like playing chess. That's hilarious. I mean kind of. You really have to strategize and you Uh have to pay attention. Honestly, I've enjoyed nature a lot more being involved in gardening. I've just started liking being outside a lot more, you know, going on walks and things. As I get older, I have to tell you, I I can empathize with what you're saying because I love animals and nature more as I get older. So, yeah, I think it's just something about slowing down. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Literally slow down and smell the roses. Yeah. So tell me how long you've been at Radio Talking Book. I was thinking about this the, that this morning. I think it's been four years, but it might have been five. I was I was thinking so too. I, I want to say around 2018 you came in, and at first you came in on the weekends, didn't you? Yes, I had to come in on Saturdays because with my teaching schedule, I just yeah. couldn't get in at any other time. And we started you out, I think, with a little four-year information, and but it wasn't long till we figured out the bookshelf was perfect for you. Yeah, and, and I like reading bookshelf a lot. I like reading everything, so anything is fine to yeah. me, but I really liked bookshelf, and I think that's what I've been doing probably the majority of my time. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're a perfect fit for it as well as the gardening show. I remember during the pandemic, we had you reading The Atlantic. And that was when things were crazy. And your reading was so perfect for that. Um, So it it was – and you stuck with us too during the pandemic as well. I did. It was really good for my mental health. I think I read World War Z for you guys during that time. You did. Yeah, that was eerily accurate. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't didn't realize at the time when I was reading it how accurate that book would be in terms of the response to the pandemic or lack thereof. Do you have a favorite author? Oh, probably William Gibson. Um, He wrote Neuromancer, which I've recorded for you guys You have. We have it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So probably William Gibson. um, Probably, I really, oh, there's too many to choose. I really like Shirley Jackson as well. I read Haunting of Hill House for you folks. I really like her as well. Yeah. Well, we're out of time, Rachel. I knew it would go by fast, especially talking to you. Time flies when you're having fun. Last question. We always close with this. 
if there's a message you could give to the listeners of Radio Talking Book, what would it be? <sighs> this is a question to put me on the spot. Is it odd to say spay and neuter your pets? Because I've seen a lot of stray animals around lately. Nope. And I think whatever we message, we, we, never, we never feed it to you. We just let you say whatever you want to say. Yeah, spay and neuter your pets. Like Bob Barker would approve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, it has been such a pleasure. I'll plug your show. You can hear Rachel Sampson every Wednesday at 2 p.m., again at 10 p.m., and early Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. You can get up with the sunrise and hear her on The Gardening Show. You can also catch her occasionally on Bookshelf. Rachel Sampson, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Thank you so much. And this is Ryan O. with Who's Behind That Voice? Volunteer Spotlight talking to Rachel Sampson on Radio Talking Book. Thanks so much for listening today. Be well, folks, and stay tuned for our next program.